everyone. Welcome back to Program Perceptions, which is a podcast geared towards dissecting ways we might have been programmed and talking through our perceptions. My name is Dr. Tanisha Barton, and I am super excited for you all to hear this episode that I have today. Um, I have another guest on. Her name is Lisa. We worked together for many years, and she is Director of Engineering in the tech industry. And so we talk about some things tech at the beginning of the conversation, and then we just slowly evolve into talking about other things. Of course, um, politics is one of them. We talk about being women and leadership. We talk about just advocacy and just being a human being and some things that we think are really important for humans to do. And we talk about being effective and just all different types of things. And um, Lisa is always amazing and very open and very honest about any situation. So it's really nice to have um, this conversation be recorded because to be honest, <laughs> as some of my episodes, I, I continue to say this, all the con like what you're going to hear is how a basic conversation with her and I might go. Um, we might start talking about one thing and then flip and start talking about something else and then go back to the other thing. And so I just think that that's what happens when you surround yourself with amazing people and when you surround yourself with people that are willing to engage and always willing to learn and always willing to show up for you. Um, the way that people show up for you is just so cool and so, and so like it's so unique to experience it. And I'm really excited about it. I, I also think it's funny because when I started this podcast, I totally didn't even think about all the cool guests and all the cool people that are in my life that I would get to have on. And so we could share a little bit of a chat. So it's so nice for you all as my listeners to be able to hear and see, or maybe not see, but be able to hear a little bit more about me through the people that I associate myself with and the people that I hang out with and even the people that I don't know, being able to talk to them um, and understand more about them. And so I can learn and so I can develop. So Anyways, um, thank you so much for listening to this episode. If you have not already, please um, subscribe, share, like, write, review, wherever you might be listening to your listening to this podcast episode. My personal Instagram, Dr. Tanisha Barton. My podcast Instagram, Program Perceptions. And my personal website is programperceptions.com. I hope you enjoy this episode. Welcome, everyone. I am excited today because I have another guest. So um, her name is Lisa. And like all of my guests, I'll let her introduce herself. And then we were we will jump right into the crazy. <laughs> yeah. Hey, Tanisha. I'm so excited to be here. Um, yeah. So my name's Lisa. Um, so who I am? Um, yeah. Who I'm, are you? <laughs> I'm a friend of yours. Uh, we work together. Um, so I am, how do I identify myself? I am a, um, 40 year old white cis woman, director of engineering. I identify mostly as straight. Um, I am also a volunteer. I am a weightlifter. I am a former theater musical stage manager, <laughs> musical theater stage manager and producer, um, I am passionate about all sorts of things. I'm involved in a lot of different things and yeah. Yeah. That's who I am. Well, I feel like when I, I remember when I first, I didn't meet you first. Like I first, like we were just kind of like in a group of people. And one of the things that I remembered was I was like, she's loud. I like that. <laughs> and I, and I was like, Ooh, I like that because I feel like people tell me I talk really loud. And so I was like, I like that about her. I don't know her, but I like that she's loud. <laughs> yeah. I've been described as a bit much um, with air quotes. 
Um, I am, I like being the center of, of attention. I'm unapologetic about it. I love it. Um, <laughs> I, you know, like I said, I'm passionate. I, I care a lot about a lot of things. I always have an opinion. Yep. I, you know, I like to be involved. I, you know, I care a lot about people and understanding people and, and relationships. And so I, I'm working on my, <laughs> my quiet listening. I'm a very loud listener. Um, Fair. Yeah. Yeah. So, well, uh, so I know before this episode, I, I messaged you and I was like, there's something that I want to tell you, but mm -hmm. I'm not going to tell you until we get on because I want like to like, you're, you'll be fine. So what it was is you're the first alpha female that I've worked with that I never felt like we had to compete for the same energy or the same time or the same just space. Yeah. And I feel like a lot of times it's hard for women who are both like powerful, strong, have an opinion, you know, all of those things to exist in the same space or in the same room and it be okay. Yeah. And you're the first woman professionally that I remember going, I'm going to say what I want to say. And I know Lisa's going to say what she wants to say. And together, we're just going to continue to say what we want to say and we're going to figure it out together. And so I just wanted to verbally tell you that because I don't think I ever have, but I think that that attributes to you, like of just being open-minded and being comfortable and being unapologetic that you're just like, this is Tanisha. This is who she is. Like, what does she have to say? Yeah. You know, thank you so much for that. I love that. That's, that means so much to me. It's, um, you know, I did a, I did a course called Leadership Austin back a few years ago, um, where I, um, it's 60 people, cross-section of Austin, right? Um, it was a year-long course. And so much of it, they talk a lot about um, uh, person before position and relationships first, right? And so much of that experience um, was about like getting to know other people and really kind of celebrating differences, right? And celebrating who everybody is. And we do a lot of what we call knees to knees chats, right? Where you just tuned in, you know, in that one person. And that was such a, an experience for me regarding kind of wanting, like having this curiosity regarding like wanting to know other people. And like, so when somebody has an opinion that's different than mine, right? Yep. Being like, huh, interesting. Why? Tell me <laughs> how you got there, right? Right, right. And I think that that's something that definitely allows me to, to, coexist in, in a space, right. With others that are big and have big opinions. Right. Right. But if we can have that shared respect for each other yep. and that's always what, what I've been, what I, I felt, you know, in our relationship. Yeah. Right. Sure. Um, you know, and there's, there's, uh, there's a number of others, right. That, that you and I both know as well, um, that I feel like we have that as well, that yep. we can really kind of get into that. Um, you know, it's, it's something that is important to me because it's like, I have an opinion. I do. And clearly if I have an opinion, I think my opinion is right. That's what an opinion is. Right. Yeah. Yeah. However, I'm not so egotistical to think that like other people don't have an opinion and I might be swayed. Right. So if right. somebody that I respect has a different opinion than me, I go, huh? Okay. <laughs> 
Yeah. Show your show your work. Show, show me how you got <laughs> there. Yeah. I always say like you're my technical brain. Like if I was technical in any way, shape, or form, like I would be you. Yeah. Because I like I'm just not. I'm not that technical. Is not my thing. I work at a tech company. I'm not technical. I'm technical enough to work at a tech company and understand and be successful. Mm-hmm. I'm, but I'm not technical. And yeah. so sometimes I'll I feel like there's a few people that I'll bring a problem to, and I'm like I don't know. Eh. Like this is eh can you help me yeah. <laughs> like give me the wording, give me the whatever, because I need that. And it's nice to know that this is safe space that I can do that and not feel like an idiot because I'm not an idiot, but I just don't get it sometimes. No, absolutely. And one of the things that I know that I love about my role and who I am in a, a space that I've carved out for myself is being the people person in a technical conversation, right? Mm-hmm. That, you know, I've, I've always been really, um, something I identified really early on in my career that, that was a strength for me is that I'm good at interpreting between people. I'm good mm-hmm. at translating and, and identifying when I'm in a room of people. And often this happens in technical situations, right? I'm in a room of people and two people are talking different languages, right? And somebody over here is saying, you know, whatever it is that they're saying. And the person over here is nodding their head. They're going, yeah, yeah, yeah. And I'm sitting there. I'm like, nope, they don't understand. <laughs> no, 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 stop. Yeah, it's not working. Stop. <laughs> And then I'm like, okay, this is what they're saying. And this is what they're saying. And I do it, you know, and I'm able to, uh, to kind of be that translation between the two of them. And, and they're like, oh, no, that's not what I was thinking. I'm like, I know, right? (laughs) So being able to kind of like understand what's going on in a room, especially when people are like, technically, this is the way to do it. And, you know, um, that, that being that, Care, the person that cares about the group dynamics, that cares about the relationships, right? But well, understands yeah. the technical stuff and well, can be like, no, 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 you're wrong. You're like me. Like I always say like, I'm a connector. Mm-hmm. And and what I mean by that is if I don't know, I can find somebody that does know. And I'm totally okay asking questions and figuring out who does know. So I can say, hey, I'm going to pull back, but you need to talk to this person and that's how you need to work it out. Yeah, And it's it's kind of similar to what you described of just like, Figuring out ways to make people speak the same, but through you, maybe not through their own words because they're not sure how to use the words, but um, I love that. And obviously you mentioned at the top, you're director of engineering, but there's a lot of women who I often talk to these women and I'm like, yes, you want to go into technology. A hundred percent. You want to go into technology. And they're always like, where do I start? And I'm like, I don't care where you start, but start. Um, what are thoughts that you would give to women out there that might be listening that are like, I need to change careers or I'm scared to get in tech or where do I start? Like, what does that even look like for people that are like, how do I start climbing this tall mountain? (laughs) Yeah. Um, I love that visualization of, you know, that a career is not like a set of steps where you're constantly taking one step up and then the next step and the next step. But instead, it's winding paths and it's going off and exploring all of these various different areas. Um, I actually started my career really kind of on that conveyor belt, on that path, right? I mean, I I was 10 years old when, you know, everybody, all the adults around me are like, you're good at math and science. So you should be either an engineer or a doctor. And I was like, well, 
don't really like blood all that much. So I guess I'll be an engineer. Right. And I kind of got on this conveyor belt. Right. Mm -hmm. So I was on the conveyor belt. Right. And I knew when I left high school, I was going to go to college and I was going to get an engineering degree and then I was going to go get a corporate job. And then I kind of went like, wait, I don't really want to do that. Um, and that's when I kind of took a lot of detours. Right. Um, and so I went through and I was, I just, did a while in manufacturing process engineering and then supply chain management. Like I said, I went off and I did um, musical theater stage managing and producing for a while. I, um, I wrote Excel macros. I have a deep and abiding love for Microsoft Excel. Um, <laughs> so, I mean, in terms of where to start, start where you are, right? What is the thing that you care about? What is what is a project that you're interested in? For me, it's always about like, what is a pain point? What is a problem that needs to get solved, right? So, I mean, I, I create all sorts of apps and spreadsheets and all sorts of things that I do for myself that's based on like, this is a problem to solve. If you don't know where to start, I mean you can go to a boot camp. you can just take an online tutorial you can you don't have to have a degree in computer science in order to get into software development right yep. that is one path that is a path that I went down but like I said I went off the rails and then I came back to it um, there's you start where you are you start by just exploring you have to have a curiosity in order to be in tech you you have to because Tech is, um, it's an, it's an always growing, expanding field. Technology moves at such a fast pace that if you're not curious to stay on top of whatever the new, the latest thing is, you will be left behind, right? Yeah, so more than anything, it's cultivating that curiosity, cultivating that like desire to learn more about this thing, right? Right. You, Yep. And and how how does that manifest? It can manifest in so many different ways. Like I said, you can go and try to create your own little app, right? Or a web page. You can um, go and research boot camps. Boot camps are all the rage these days. And oh my goodness, I you know I when I was working directly with you, um, you know we worked so much regarding building teams. I'm very conscious about making sure that the teams that I build have diverse backgrounds. I want people right. that have diverse ba backgrounds. And when I say diverse backgrounds, I want a couple people on the team probably that have a computer science degree. I probably want one or two even that have a master's degree. But I want people that were band teachers and music directors and art designers that then were like, hey, this thing over here looks cool. And then went off and learned it on their own or went to a boot camp. And having that experience on the team is and that viewpoint is just as, if not more, valuable because it brings diversity right. to the team um, than the quote unquote standard of you go to a four year college and yeah. while you're there you have an internship and then you graduate and you get your corporate job and you go through those you know yep. steps that that ladder that is set in front of you that conveyor belt yeah. that I was on. Those people are so they they can't think beyond that. Like yes. that is their process. That is what they know. That's how they've been trained. That's how they've been conditioned. And that's fine. Mm -hmm. And you know what? There is nothing wrong with those people. Mm -mm. It's just everybody doesn't have to be that. Yeah. And I think so many times when people think of tech, they think of, you know, the nerdy white dude with glasses that is sitting in front of a computer. 
and just doing things on a computer that nobody really understands anyway. And I tell people all the time, I'm like, it is not that. Like, it's just not that. Um, But I think that's the perception because that's what the world kind of puts out there is, you know, this is tech. And I'm like, eh, yeah, but it's way more, it's different. Like, it's not just that. Well, it's also, there is, there's so much more to being in quote unquote in tech than being a developer. Yeah. Good point. Yep. Right. Yeah. Like, I mean, yes, you can be a developer, right. And you can write code, right. Yep. But there's so much more, number one, even in a developer job, the ability to collaborate, the ability to communicate, the ability Mm -hmm. to work together, hugely important, right? Yes, there are developers that that I know that, you know, their happy place is putting on their headphones and sitting in front of the computer and just, you know, knocking out a ton of code. Absolutely. Those people exist. Great. They add something to the team. But what I really value is that collaboration, is that ability to talk through a problem. Mm-hmm. And again, with the creativity to come up with creative solutions, right? So in addition to, so, so that's in terms of just being a developer. Then once you start thinking about outside of being a developer, right, being a product owner and a product manager, being a user experience designer, researcher, right, doing all of these things regarding like thinking about um, customer communication and language and copywriting and like all of these things that you can do to be involved in a tech space, right? right. Mm-hmm. And be involved in creating applications and creating technical solutions to problems. Yep. Even if your happy place is not sitting with headphones on in front of a computer, <laughs> yeah. right, and just knocking out a bunch of code, right? Yep. Um, that's right. actually part of the reason that I that I left being a software developer the first time was because I was like, I don't want to just sit in a cube and write code, right? <laughs> I'm like, I want to talk to people. Yeah, that's so funny. You know, the other thing is too. I was thinking that is why moms who get in tech, I think are phenomenal. Oh yeah. And I think they usually do a really, really, really great job is because they, they get it. They have all the intangibles, all the problem solving, all the not panic, all the team, all the like phenomenal. Like, I I mean, they get it. Yeah. They get it. And so it's like, I I would tell, I've told some of my friends who are females who are figuring out what they want to do that have children. I'm like, if you want to, like, this is your avenue because you have all the things, <laughs> the whatever the things are, right? Like the the time we get in a room and we're like, I just like them. They have that. And you're like, what is that? And you're like, I don't, I don't know. They just have it. They it's, it. <laughs> Yeah, it's it's so I was um, you know, I didn't say before, I am I am single um and I am dating, right? I'm trying, attempting to date. <laughs> That's a whole other issue. Um but I was describing the other day to a uh, to my matchmaker kind of like what it is that I'm looking for. And it was even even in dating, right? There is like mm-hmm. this intangible thing. I'm like, yep. when you walk into a room, I can tell you whether or not you I can tell exactly. whether or not you have it. Like <laughs> from the second you walk in. Yeah. And and there's I can't describe it. It's not mm-hmm. it's not necessarily like there's it, for dating, there's a bit of a kind of like a posture to it, but but there's an energy around a person. There's kind of you can you know you know you get like a, a a feeling about someone, yeah. and that you're just like, oh, they can X Y and Z and X Y and if, and and you know when I'm looking for developers, right? It's like okay, 
can you learn, right? right. That's the thing yeah. that I have to talk to you about, right? Yeah. Is can you learn, right? Do you have the technical skills? Like we can drill into that, but there's yeah. always this, there's this intangible thing there that I'm like, I can't put my finger on what yep. it is, but I know it when I feel it. Yeah. Yeah. And I think I, I agree. I mean, it's the same with people, right? Like there's mm-hmm. some people that I'm like, oh, just within like a couple of seconds. And I just, I'm like, okay, I already know what kind of meeting this is going to be. This is great. You know, let me get my pen and paper out. Let me just like notes this meeting. That is the connection that I want to make. That's as far as I can go with this meeting at this time. Yes. It's so funny. I think it's interesting you bring up dating because yeah, um, I, I don't even know what's happening in the dating world for obvious reasons, but the stories that I hear, I'm just like, what the hell? What the hell is going on? So I stopped dating for a long time. I'm 40. I've been single basically my entire adult life. I've had a relationship here and there. But every time I kind of dip my toe into the dating world, I get scared and I run away. Um, and that's not, not that I get scared. That's the wrong language. But I have just a bad experience. I just, I, it, it's the worst. Dating is just... I don't enjoy it, which is actually a little ironic considering like I love talking to people and I love getting to know people, but that is interesting. But I always, I I define myself as a relationship person who's never in a relationship, right? Okay. That I want to have that, that thing that you and I have always had from the beginning regarding like that, that immediate, like deep respect, we can talk about anything, right? right. Yeah. We can dive in and we can, we can talk about some really difficult issues, like just from the beginning. Right. Right. And dating is this dance that you have to do regarding like, okay, do I share this yet? No, no, no. Okay. So then I share this and you have to like, it's like this Uh, choreographed little dance of like, you mm -hmm. do this and you do this. And then if you do this, then it, it sends me down this road and you're wanting this. And I'm just like, can we just be upfront with each other and be like, this is what I'm looking for. Are you that thing? Right. right? Like, and why can't it be that? Like, well, that's part of the reason why I ended up just hiring a matchmaker. What? (laughs) Right. Because I'm like outsourcing the whole like initial screening process. (laughs) Right. Turned it into a work process. Yes. Yes. You filter out and bring me the good prospects. Exactly. (laughs) I'll check my calendar. Let's just skip the first three steps. Like I've done the apps, right. With the swiping and like, are they just looking for a hookup or are they looking for, you know, what? And I'm just like, I'm like, no, I'm just going to outsource that whole like (laughs) sourcing. Like, I mean, like the sourcing of candidates, right? Like as a hiring manager at work, I'm not the one that's going out sourcing candidates, right? They go through a number of, you know, gates before they get to me. And then it's like, here's some resumes that might be a good fit. And I'm like, yes, yes, no. Right. It's the same thing that I'm doing. That is Let somebody else take care of the first few steps. That's funny. I was talking to a friend the other day and, and I was like, I wish that dating was like, just call me as soon as you roll over before you have chance to like get yourself together, get like, look your best. Your brain really isn't functioning. Yeah. Let's have an hour conversation as soon as you wake up. Yeah. Let's see who you really are. Like yeah. before you have the time, right. To put on your armor, to put on your, all of the positive and the right word. Like I want to see that you, that you might tell me something. <laughs> well, it's also hard because I go to that place myself too early. 
<laughs> I can see that. <laughs> like, I I get I, I I'm like I go to that place where I'm like okay let's talk about X Y and I start to be. So when I started at at you know current job where I am right five and a half years ago I made a very conscious decision I'm like I'm gonna go in and I'm gonna be full Lisa right <laughs> from day one. And I remember I got my lanyard and I went like, and I, I had all of these pins and I like put them on my lanyard, like as flair. Right. Yeah. <laughs> so people and like, you had in, yes. And I came in and I was like, Hey, Hey, and I'm talking to everybody. And I was like, fully said now, yes, this did cause a number of people to be like, she's a bit much. <laughs> Those people have come to be some of my dearest friends. <laughs> However, right. Like, it scares people. And I do the same in dating, right? And I realize mm-hmm. that I do this. I'm a lot. I yeah. know that I'm a lot. But I'm also kind of like, listen, that is me. That is yeah. who I am, right? And if it's going to scare you on date one, like... Wait till you then, get to date five. <laughs> right, like, why should I have to wait until date five to see yeah. whether or not it's going to scare you or not, right? I'm the same way. I feel like I'm a lot. Like, I feel like people either immediately don't like me because they're like, I don't know what to do with her. Mm-hmm. And then later, like, as they get to know me, they're like, Oh, she's not that bad. Why did I think that I'm like, it's just because I have an opinion and mm-hmm. I'm strong in my opinion and I don't care. Like, let's talk about it. Let's do it. Or I'm also the person that's like, I don't know. <laughs> yeah. Know? Like, I think my strongest characteristic is my, is my ability to say, I have no clue. I can mm-hmm. ask. Yeah. I yeah. But I think that shocks people when they're like, what do you mean you don't know? And I'm like, I, I, I don't know. I, I don't have the answer. I'm not supposed to have the answer to everything. Yeah. So. yeah. You know, and I think so much of that comes from an inherent confidence, right? That you have to be confident to say, I don't know. Right. Yeah. yeah. You have to, you have to be willing to not have shame around that. That's fair. Right? Um, I've been in therapy for 11 years now, something like that. Everybody should go to therapy. 100% um, agree. 100%. Everybody 100%. should, go, everybody should go to therapy. Yep. Um, I always liken therapy to being, um, to going to the gym, right? That, um, you know, somebody was asking me the other day about like, well, why would that person go to therapy? And I'm like, you don't necessarily go to the gym because you're out of shape, That's right? Fair. Yeah. You might, right? Yeah. But you go because you want to be in better shape. Right. Right. Mm-hmm. Whatever level of fitness you're at. And the same thing is true in terms of mental health. Right. Yep. That's that, like, you, And you don't necessarily know where you are until you start working these things out. But that has been so much of my journey in therapy has been not having shame around who I am, mm-hmm. around being the fullest expression of me and really embracing that, right? And so there's this like confidence that goes along with with that, that it's like, I have confident confidence in who I am, what I know, what I don't know, right? right. And then I don't have shame around saying like, this is me, Yep. This is this is this is where my my experience ends. This is where my knowledge ends. This is where, you know, where I, I am continuing to learn and I am open to more data. Give me more data, change my mind, change my opinion, right? But that but but that's where I'm able to like I have that inner core 
that's that's steady at this point now hasn't always been but that's steady and i don't feel like i'm going to get my foundation is going to be rocked anytime somebody okay. like contradicts me or come or 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 even doesn't like me because i'm a bit much yeah no i love that you said um give me more data and mm-hmm. so i feel like as people sometimes we forget that we're supposed to be spongible and flexible. Mm-hmm. And just because I have an opinion today doesn't mean with more information that I cannot change my opinion. And that should be okay. And it's not. I think that so many people don't want to be wrong. They don't want to change their mind because then they look a certain way. And I'm like, you look like an idiot, actually, when you're sticking by something that you know 100% is not right. But you this can't is- change your mind. You can't change it. Like you need a change. Yeah, this is one of my major problems with politics, honestly. Mm, yeah. Is that politicians, for whatever reason, are expected to be the same person <laughs> for 90 years <laughs> for their entire career, yeah. right? Uh-huh. And, you know, and they're like, but you voted against that thing. And if they, and if they say, yeah, I voted against it, and then I learned more, and then I voted for it, they're like, you're a flip flopper, right? <laughs> Shouldn't we be encouraging people? Yeah. It's that growth mm-hmm. mindset, you know, in terms of like the growth mindset is, is the thing that makes us as human beings, like that's, that's what, that's, that's what the cure again, curiosity and cultivation and like that gets us, that takes us to the next level, right? Mm-hmm. That we're not just robots that are set in, this is what I do and this is how I do it. <laughs> Right. But that we can grow and evolve and our opinions can change. And based mm-hmm. on, you know, and I always talk liken it to data because again, technical person, always been into <laughs> the technical stuff, right? Give me more data. Let me process that. Right. And then and then like let it go through my brain and emotions algorithm, whatever that happens to be, and then output with like this is my new understanding my of thought, it, right? Yeah. No, I a hundred percent agree. Um, and that's why I think I did an episode about like my 80, 20 rule in politics. mm -hmm. That's a lot of the reason why is because it's like, and let's be honest, who likes somebody a hundred percent of the time? Hell, I don't even like my husband a hundred percent of the time. (laughs) I love him to death, but it's like a hundred percent of the time. That's a really strong number. Yeah. And, but some people, we don't give them that grace. And we don't give ourselves the grace to be like, I don't know. I need information. Let me research and get back to you because mm-hmm. I don't know. Yep. And yeah, it's it's lacking. I have, I, I mean, there are so many times I'm in meetings or personally or anything where I'm like, if I gave you more information, would you change your mind? I'm not going to change my mind. And I'm like, but why are you here? What, like, yeah, because I can tell you four things that will make you change your mind immediately. But here we are. Um, but yeah, good point. That's that. Yeah. And the world is just, yeah, we can't see the forest from the damn trees. <laughs> like, yeah. like, oh my gosh, we're we're a mess. But here we are. Great. We're trying. We're trying. You know, I'm I'm an idealist. I'm a futurist. I'm that person that's like, Oh, someday it'll be perfect if we could just the number of times that I say if we could just right. That's how it was when I voted for Biden, by the way. Yeah. 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 He's not my type choice. He's not my favorite choice. He's not this. He's not that. He's not this. He's not that. But 
Yeah. If I, you know, if yeah. we could if, do this. If, if, you know, if we do this and then this and then this and then and then and then, you know, if we could just and if we could just, you know, yeah. at some point it'll be perfect, right? Yeah. We're, we're, it's never going to be perfect. It's an evolving thing, right? But how do we I think I think you said, I know I've heard it elsewhere, but I think that you talked about it maybe on that one with the 80/20 rule in terms of thinking about it um like a bus, right? You get on the bus you know, voting for somebody is not the is not marrying them. It is getting right. on a bus, right? Mm-hmm. And they're going in the direction you that go. you want to go in, yeah. right? <laughs> right. Um, and then, and then once you, you know, what you get off the destination, and then you know you have to still have to do some work, right? Because yeah. it's not it's not perfect, right? Yep. Um, but I I love that. But yeah, I I'm always the person that's that's I I want to. I want to change things. I want to fix the world. And like, you know, I'm like, let me fix this problem and let me fix this problem. And it's just, and I can get frustrated that not everything is the way in which I want it to be. Um, But I couple that with my optimism, right. That I'm like, okay, let's look at the, let's look at the the things that are moving in the right direction. Right. You know, it's funny. So you and and correct me if I'm wrong. I think you and I are a lot alike. So people tell me a lot like Tanisha, stop and smell the roses. Stop and do this. You're taking on too much. You're doing too much. But I think I'm thriving in the doing too much sometimes Mm -hmm. in the sense that it's keeping me occupied in that optimism. It's keeping me at least moving in the direction I want to move in. However, there are those times where I'm like, oh shit, I am doing too much. And yeah. I and I do feel it where I'm like, oh gosh, I need some time. Oh man, I have taken on too much. But where do you stop? Because I feel like there has there there, there has to be some soldiers. There has to be people that are trying to move things forward. But it's like, where's the boundary? And sometimes the boundary is like it's different from week to week or day to day. It's just different. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, taking on too much. So, um, you know, another way in which I identify is that I am a former foster mother. Um, Last year, during the middle of the pandemic, I took in a foster child for four and a half months. Um, So I had just gotten my promotion to director. I was, you know, trying to figure that out. Everybody was working from home. I am single. I took in a 10-year-old child who is high needs. And um, talk about too much. Mm-hmm. And was- she was a she was a black child. Yes. So that that was a whole different thing. Yes. <laughs> I mean, number one, any child that is in care like has trauma, right? Mm-hmm. So dealing with the trauma of that, plus the um transracial temporary family situation that yep. we have, right? I am I I am white. She is black. Um, she has other siblings that were also in care, right? And me trying to navigate some of that. And I have all sorts of issues and we could go into some of the 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 discussion around um the imbalance of um black children in particular, but children of color mm-hmm. at, at a larger level, uh, more, more children of color being in care than white children. Right. right. And mm-hmm. why that is and the systemic things and all the things. Right. But dealing with this situation. Right. Right. This was a lot. Right. And I was like, and I'm the person that's like, add one more thing, add one more thing, yeah. add one more thing, add one more thing. And it broke me. Right. Like I reached a point in 
September, October that I was like, oh, this is too much, right? <laughs> yeah. Um, and and it's actually kind of a pattern in my life regarding I'm good. Let me take on more. 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 Oh, crap. This is too much. Like I'm not yeah. really all that good at judging when I'm getting close to the line. I'm pretty good at judging when I'm past the That's line. That's fair. Okay. Right? Yeah. Um, but... Oh, and also like in the middle of all of this, I was dealing with my other volunteer stuff that I was supposed to be doing and I wasn't doing very well. And, you know, um, how do we kind of navigate and and decide, you know, where we are, um, how much is too much for us? Right. Um, you know, that's, that's something, again, that I've worked on a lot in therapy. Um, but I felt very... Like I feel an obligation to take on more, right? Mm -hmm. Some of it is an internal driven, but some of it is also exactly going back to what you were saying in terms of like fixing the problems. Like there's so many problems and I just want to fix them all. Right. And I'm like, if I can, then shouldn't I? That Right. Mm -hmm. And that's the question that, I mean, me deciding that it was too much and me deciding to back off and say, I can't do this. It's not good for like, I can't be there for this child. It is not good for her because I can't take care of her if I can't take care of myself. Right. Right. I couldn't regulate her emotions when I was having difficulty just regulating my own emotions. Right. Right. Um, and to say, you know, okay, so that, that's a need that needs to be met. And I mean, I even had my, my, um, my caseworker reach out, reach out to me recently and is like, so, you know, it's been about six months, you know, are you interested in opening back up and, you know, taking in another child? Right. And it's like, I know the fact that the need is there and like knowing that it's there and knowing that like, everybody told me how great of a foster mother I was. And I was such a great advocate and all of these things. And they're like, you're so great at this. And you know, we need you. And I'm like, I hear you, but I can't, you can't, you know, that, that happens to me a lot. Um, I think sometimes professionally, there's a lot of things that I can do just because I have the skill set. And I'm oftentimes with like, I could just do this and it would take, you know, a day or two or whatever. Um, but it's hard for me sometimes because I'm like, there's somebody else that also can. Yeah. You're just the easier convenient and they like it the way you do it better. So please, (laughs) but it's hard because I'm like, I can, I actually can, you know, and same with life. Sometimes I'm like, I actually, cause I have a full-time job. I teach part-time. I could, I could technically do another job and make even more money if I wanted to, but like at what cost? Yeah. And at what expense, like to my own sanity. <laughs> yeah. yeah. And that's always the balance. But I think that comes with being an overachiever is that yeah. you can always, I, you can always find a way, right? Like yeah. I'm sure if you were to get another child tomorrow, you would find a way. Now, obviously at some point it, it would, you would break again and it would be too much. But I think that's the bad thing about being an overachiever is like at some point it's like, oh gosh, I've taken on too much. Now I'm tired and now I have to almost defend myself when I shouldn't because I'm burnt out and I emotionally am not giving myself anything. Like I'm giving myself zero and now I have to go defend myself. And I feel like it's tricky 
Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. It's, yeah, it's very tricky. It's very tricky. And one of the things, again, going back to the therapy that I've done, that actually really helped for me. And again, I know there are issues around capitalism. I have such issues around capitalism and there being like, and the systemic issues with capitalism. I'm just going to hold that for a second. (laughs) Um, (laughs) um, But one thing that really honestly helped me was quantifying the value of my time. Uh, Yeah. Like literally like, as my as my salary literally has increased at my day job at work understanding over time how valuable my time is and how valuable an hour of my time is right, right. Mm-hmm. and and not just time but energy energy is probably a better quant is probably a better denominator there, I think right? both. I think you um, can't have time without energy and you can't have energy but, without time yeah, but but like how do you quantify that? And and so when I end up like in my volunteer roles being asked to like go spend 3 hours doing data entry and that's when I kind of go, oh, you know what? That's not a great use of my time. I will come and I will set up a spreadsheet for you. I will come and I will reorganize a process for you. Right. Yeah. But me sitting there doing data entry is not the best use of my time and it's not going to be efficient for 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 us overall. Right. right. Yeah. So, I like so, that. Mm-hmm. So going back to kind of like with the fostering thing, right? I am I'm I'm going down the path at this point of being a, a CASA advocate rather than being a foster parent because it's about the use of my time and my energy and what's what works for me. Right. Right. And what will, what will bring me energy and what will drain energy and having a child in my home is not necessarily the best use of my energy. Right. It drains it too quickly. Right. And that's, and that's fair. Right. And that's a good assessment of you. And I think as people, we need to do more assessing. We need to mm-hmm. do more self-assessing of ourselves. Yes. Because I I agree. And I am a homebody. I love being at home. Like if I, I mean, except for like on the beach and like, and an, um, you know, under an umbrella or something like that. But, and one of the reasons though, is because I'm often equating, like, do I want to go do that? How much time is it going to take me to do that? And yeah. if I run errands, I run all the errands in one day. I'm not yeah. one of those people that like will do something on Monday and then something on Tuesday. Like I have to set up my day to where I can hit it all and come home because that is the best usage of my time. And I'm also a Gemini, so I can be kind of, you know, whatever sometimes. So yeah. I need to conserve my energy <laughs> yeah. and I need to focus on what matters the most to me. And it's hard though, because some people are like, but what about me? Or what about this? Or can you, can you do this? And I'm like, can I do that? Yes. Mm-hmm. Do I want to spend my time on that? No. (laughs) Yeah. Here we are. One of my highest values is efficiency, right? And when you talk about like doing all of your errands at the same, like I call that batching, right? Mm -hmm. And um, I will, I probably over rotate in terms of I spend too much time planning. You over rotating on planning an organization. Crazy. 
crazy. Um, like I probably spent too much time planning how to be more efficient later on. Right. However, I get so much joy out of it that it's worth it. Yeah, that's fair. Okay. You know, <laughs> feeds me emotionally. Um, but no, I, I very much, I mean, I, I, five, six, what year is this? This is 2021. So eight years ago, I took a four and a half month road trip around the country, um, four month. Um, and I planned the whole thing out down to five minute increments before I left because I wanted to be efficient. I was like, I I have four months, which is a long time. Right. But I wanted to see everything. Right. And so I was like, how do I fit all of these things in? And so I, took a long time to plan it out and to work out all of the details. And then I had a backup plan and a backup backup plan. And like, it allowed me to have flexibility within it. Right. But, but because I value efficiency so much, I didn't want to ever like be on the road and then have to loop back to some other place that was out of the way. Same. Yes. When you're on a road trip, okay. Do you? So I, if we drive and I want to go somewhere and we pass the exit, we are not turning around. No, 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 no. We have to go to the next one. Yeah. Like I don't care. Like you don't turn around. You you keep going forward. That's the plan. Oh, when I'm even even just around town, like if I need to get gas, like (laughs) uh, up on like you know where I'm like I will only get gas on you know and I and I try to I plan it out like I'm like which is the one that is going to take me the the least off of my route oh my gosh I do the same thing I do the exact I do the exact same thing and you just gave me a new word and my husband's gonna love you I'm gonna be like no I just I just like efficiency efficiency it's true. I am that way I am like okay this is gonna take us seven minutes this is gonna take us ten we can't do that. We no. have to keep going. There's going to be another one that will appear. Yeah. And the number of times that I pull up Google Maps to plan out like all of my errands, like I put all of my errands on my Google calendar and then I like literally map them out and I'm like, okay, no, no, no. These have to go in different orders. And then I plan out and, you know, and then I'm like literally, okay, so it's a drive that's seven minutes from here to here. Let me put that on my calendar. And like, that is I get so a little funny. obsessive about it. Yeah. But, um, but, but yeah, I, I, Absolutely. I'm always looking for like, what is the most efficient way to do something? And it's something that has served me well in, you know, in my career as well as That's you know, my what personal I life. Say too. Yes. I, I always say, listen, it might be crazy for you. And that is fantastic. But it works for me. Yep. It's got where I'm at today. Yep. I'm, I feel good. I'm successful. Like I'm doing everything I yep. need to do. Leave me alone. This is my crazy. This is what this is like the 20% you don't like of me. I don't care. <laughs> exactly. Exactly. No, what's funny is that like I have this argument with people all the time that they're like, there's too much process. There's too much process. There's too much process. And I'm like, process is not a four-letter word. Like <laughs> process, like you're doing a process. It just might be chaos. Right. right? Yeah. What I'm doing is I'm actually trying to reduce the chaos. I'm trying to streamline, right? Yeah. But the first step of that is to be transparent with what it is that you're doing. Right. Surface all of that, show all of that, right? Take yep. your take all of the errands that you run on a Saturday, plot them out on a Google map and yep. look at it. Look at all of the places that you went and what you did. Was yep. that and the most efficient thing to do? Exactly. What opened first or like 
what's the farthest, like sometimes the furthest thing opens the latest or, or earliest or whatever. So, yeah. but I just, sometimes people, I'm like, what are you doing this week? And they're like, oh, I have to do this, that, and that. And, and I get stressed. I'm like, you mm-hmm. have to do all of that. Oh, what are you doing first? And they're like, I'm not sure. You don't know. You don't know where you're going first. Like that is a problem for me, but Hey, everybody's different. It's fine, yep. Yep. but it couldn't be me. <laughs> so, no. Yeah. That's funny. So you mentioned capitalism. Yeah. So what is your take on it? Like, what is the thing? I mean, obviously besides the fact that everything about it is pretty pathetic, um, what is something that sticks out to you as being that something that you're like, why is it this way? Like, why, why, (laughs) why are we doing this? The problem is value and what do we as human beings value? And we have equated money with value. Like there is kind of an inherent um, parallel between um the value that you bring to society or whatever and how much you're paid. And the pandemic has brought this into stark relief that the people that we consider to be our, you know, uh, what do they call them? Uh, Essential workers, right. Are Mm -hmm. actually, many of them are paid the worst. right? Right. And it's like, if they are actually bringing all of this value, right. Then why are they, paid so little right Right. or and why can't we give them insurance oh my god like why can't i mean i don't know about you but sometimes i'm like i make enough money i can i could have if i made ten thousand dollars less money but that money was spent to giving certain people insurance Mm -hmm. i i would i would do it in a second yeah and i think i always say too what's the difference between eight billion and six billion what is the like what what can re- you do with more money that you couldn't already do at six billion? I read this thing the other day about that I've seen a few times, but it's like if you hit, you know, a billion dollars in terms of net worth, you get a, a plaque that says, Congratulations, you've won capitalism. <laughs> <laughs> and every single cent that you earn from then on, like goes to wherever, right? Goes yeah. To- like like it's there's there's no point, right? There's no there, you know. There's no, what, what do you do with that? What do you know? The know. Inequ- and the inequities that it, that it creates the it's, it's not taking into it's, it's valuing a very specific type of skill set, which mm-hmm. is very much based in um, patriarchy and racism and the, 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 the way in which we just kind of, they're being a ladder. And so therefore I have to climb the ladder. Right. And encourage this idea of like my, my worth, my, my internal worth is based off of like the, the amount of money that I earn. Right. Yep. Um, and, and I, I also think that the United States has a crisis of conscience. hundred percent. Regarding who we are. Mm-hmm. Who we, we really need, are. Like we not don't a, know. We don't right. know who we want to be. Exactly. Right. Yeah. In terms We're, in terms of cultures in the world, right? In terms and think about like work cultures in particular, right? Mm-hmm. So you have 
um, cultures that are that that you know the one that sticks out to me is um, is India, right? Which is a very hierarchical, like you do the job, and it's very like job, 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 yeah. right? This is what you do. This is why you do it, and you know, and, and that's what you do. And then you have like Spain, where they're like, so I'm going to take a two hour lunch. <laughs> yeah, everything's and, closed. And then, and then I'm also yeah, everybody's going to take a two hour lunch. Yeah. And then yeah, I'm going to take a year off, um, and you know, just travel around for a while. And I, we we want to live, and you know, work is just kind of like the side little thing. And the U.S. wants to be both, mm-hmm. right? The U.S. like very has like this internal va- value of like we are hard workers. And we also want to right. like party and relax and like have all of that as well, right? Yeah. Let alone like Sweden and how they give a year for maternity and and parental leave. They take care right? of their, yeah. They take care of their people, right? But the US, we don't know who we want to be, right? Because we want, we're like, we're like, we want to be both, right? Right. And, and so we're stuck in this middle ground of like trying to define who we are and, and what is valuable and how we distribute wealth and, and services. And, and we're stuck in old patterns and not really willing to disrupt them. And, you know, and, and, you know, you talk about, you know, program perceptions, right? And like some of the ways in which we are programmed, mm-hmm. right? Yeah. Is that we are um you know, it's that work is a duty, right? You have to work. You have to work. You have and to work. Unfortunately, you you actually do have like you do have You have to. to. You, you do, have, you, you, you do, have, right? Yeah. That, that, because that is the society in which we live and it's just like how do we, I'm not, I wouldn't call myself a socialist, but like, I'm like, I want to, I feel one of my values is I feel like we have to take care of our fellow human beings. I agree. We are here to take care of each other. Right. Well, if, right. Like if, if you want to go biblical, yes. If you want to go like based on the constitution, based on like all of these things, yes. But I don't, I don't think I don't think a lot of people agree with that anymore. No, I don't. I, I think don't. things are fundamentally changing through some people. Some people feel like you need to stay oppressed. You need to stay in your lane and stop wanting more. You have enough. Mm-hmm. Look how far you've come. You're fine now. Now stop. That's it for you. And so it's just like, huh? <laughs> like, yeah. Yeah, it's um and I mean obviously just being a a black woman in society, um there's a lot of ways that I'm privileged because I I do have a great job. I have all, I have a lot of great opportunities. I have a lot of spaces that I can step into and I can be me. Mm-hmm. But I there's a lot of spaces I still can't step into and be me and it just kind of is what it is and I have to make that decision or I have to prepare myself for the backlash or and I'm on the privileged side of being black in a lot of ways, but still not really, you know what I mean? And obviously there's some people that are way better than others. And sometimes, or I'm just like, Oh, I'm just going to be myself. That's, that's who I am. But then there's some moments where I'm like, I need to scan the room for a minute and I need to kind of see what we're dealing with. And then I have to decide how much blackness do I get to turn on and do I get to turn off? 
Mm-hmm. And that's just reality. I mean, it is what it is. Um, does it suck? Absolutely. But that is where we're at. And until that is not a thing, I think that we are going to stay just there, like just in this weird place. Yeah. I was talking to somebody the other day about um, women in leadership and how women need in order to get into leadership, have to develop all of these various skills regarding, you know, walking that fine line of not being too bitchy, not being too soft, not being like, you know, what do you need to do? Right. And we were talking about how most men don't like they walk into a room and they don't think about who else is in the room, right? That they're just like, well, I don't have to work with that person, right? I don't have, you know, I, I don't have to put up with that behavior, right? Where women are often in a place where we have to, we have to learn how we navigate that and right. how we can like be with that. So I'm curious, you know, from your perspective, you talked about kind of scanning a room. Mm-hmm. That's something that I do all the time. Every every single room that I walk into, you know, especially because, you know, as a as a woman in tech, and let me be very, 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 very clear that I am not trying to equate being a woman in tech with being <laughs> black in America, gotcha. right? Like, I'm not trying to equate that. But I, my question to you is, um, what has been your experience and observation of like, you scanning rooms versus, you know, others that, that you've met, right. Others that you've talked to and whether or not that is something that you think it, like how universal is that? Is the scanning of a room and figuring out who who to be within that room? Is that, is that isolated in pockets of demographics or is that a universal thing? I think it's universal. I've never, I don't think I've ever talked to a black person who has told me that they don't do that Mm -hmm. ever. And I think that it's interesting. So I feel like the scanning of the room happens for a lot of different reasons. First, you scan just to see if there's anybody that looks like you, just to kind of figure that out. Um, Then you scan to kind of see who is in the room. Is this a room full of leaders? Like, how am I positioned in this meeting? Like, is this, am I here because I'm the leader or am I here because I'm the only black person? Like, so you kind of start to figure out the why, like why you're placed with this group of people. Um, Obviously, unless it's a meeting that I've scheduled, but that's a whole different conversation (laughs) because you still scan it, but differently. Um, And then you start to kind of hear and see what's being said, how things are moving because you're looking for language. You're looking for, you're, you're just trying to make sure that you know what kind of space you're in. It would yeah. be like going to a baseball game. And if you've never seen a baseball game, you don't really know. So you kind of sit down and you see how the fan, do the fans yell at the baseball game? Do they, oh, when are they getting up and getting drinks? When do they stand? When do they chant? When do they, so it, it's similar it's like so it's going reading, reading, a, reading the social cues, yep, right? It's like going to a game. Um, and I, I would probably say I've been to baseball games, but for me, it'd probably be like going to see like a live golf event because okay. like they're quiet. Sometimes they clap. Sometimes, sometimes they yell, sometimes they move and go to the next tee. Like I wouldn't know. So it's similar, but you're doing it socially. And yeah. because it conflicts with your identity, you're trying to make sure it's a safe space. 
And sometimes it's, it's not. And so you just kind of say little things here and there, but you don't ever give your full self because it's not a space to give your full self to. And yeah. you know that you just get a feel. I don't know. I mean, I don't know if you've experienced anything like that. I mean, I'm sure obviously being um, a white woman comes with things as well. Um, so, you know, obvi- we, we all know it's not the same, but there are some ways that you have to show up differently and you have to show up too to kind of say, all right, you know, do these people know me, right? Like, yes. do they know me? Do they know what they're getting when I'm showing up? Oh, th- oh, oh, these three people don't. So are they safe or are we going to conflict just because my energy is different than theirs? Yeah. Yeah. No, I mean, it's definitely, I mean, it's like I said, it's always as, as a, a woman having to learn how to navigate those spaces. Right. Because I am, most of the rooms that I'm in are mainly men. Right. And are mainly men who have always known that they were going to be in that room. Right. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Right. That there's, there's a difference in terms of kind of fighting to be in the room yeah, and then getting there versus like coming in with the assumption, well, of course I'm here. I, you know, I was always destined. Yeah. That is a really, that's a really good point. And that's interesting Yeah, because you're right. I mean, you're a hundred percent right. Cause Yeah. yeah. And I think that goes with just like, do you like, I remember my first leadership meeting, um, Mm -hmm ever, just like ever, like not even a current company, but like a company before. And I remember going, I'm going to be in a room full of leaders. Am I supposed to be like, and I just remember that self doubt of just like, why did they send me the invite? Like what is going on? And you're right. I'm sure men are probably like, yeah. Oh, oh, when's the leadership meeting? You didn't send me the calendar invite where I was like, why did you send me the calendar invite? Are you sure you won't be there? Yeah. I and I have literally fought to be in that room, even even at current company, right? Like for a while before I got various promotions, right? That I was literally like I would walk by and I'd be like, that's the meeting. That's the one that I want to be in. Mm-hmm. Right. That's where the decisions are being made. Yeah. And and then when, you know, and I was fighting to get in there and I was kind of waiting on my promotion for business reasons and, you know, whatnot. And then, you know, and and I went and I had to ad- learn to advocate for myself and say, like, and when, when they were saying, well, we can't give you this promotion yet because we don't have a business need. Um, but what can we do? And I was like, I want in that meeting. Yeah. Right. And they're like, okay, we can do that. Right. You know, but, but then me being in the room, I'm like, okay, now I'm really here. Right. <laughs> and everybody else is like, oh my goodness, another leadership meeting. <laughs> right. And I, you know, and I'm like raring to go and I'm like, okay, I got to prove myself. Right. And prove the fact that, even now that I'm in the room, I continue to fight to show my worth right. in that room, right? And it's this continuous cycle, right? Regarding, yep. and then there's always a next room and there's always a next room, right? And so, yeah. but 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 there is a difference in mentality regarding, you know, working to get into the room and having not assumed that you would get there versus just, yeah. just no, you know, just that, that assumption. It's the same mentality in terms of like, well, I don't have to put up with that behavior because I can go work somewhere else. Right. right. Yeah. Yeah. It's true. Versus, versus, you know, 
I have to put up with this personality and that personality. And how do I work through it? Because if I go somewhere else, then I'm going to have to start my network over again. And, you know, like how, how women traditionally, right. You know, deal with, with getting net talk about networking, right. There's this old school, like golf course culture, right. In terms of like going out and playing a round of golf, right. Mm -hmm. And then they go out and they play the round of golf. And if you don't play golf then you're not invited and then, you know, and then country clubs and who is allowed in the country club, Mm -hmm. talk about women, not being allowed, talk about black people, not being allowed. Right. Right. And, you know, and then it's like, how do you get those connections? Right. And so women and, you know, other, um, marginalized groups having to having having to hustle right having to work to get those same opportunities that just come inherently through from the people that have always been in the positions of power right that that power begets power you know what's interesting is one of the reasons i stay in tech is because there's a power that I have being in tech that at any moment I know that I could say, Hey, Lisa, I know an engineer that is looking for an opportunity or any other, you know, engineer that I work with or any other manager or really just anybody that's in my network and my opinion would matter. And I mean, there's a lot of money to be made in tech. And if you're going to be set up in an industry that is going to continue to evolve, to continue to need people, to continue all of those things, why not position myself there and be a gateway for others and allow them into my network? Because we don't have that network. You know, like that, I'm the first person in my family in tech that, so I was lucky enough to get in. Like I got a job at Google and I was lucky. Um, So now that I'm here, I feel like, it's almost an obligation for me to make sure that I'm being that gateway for other people. Like I'm going to hold, I'm going to hold the table, you know, and then I'm going to be like, Oh, you're going to get a tech degree. Okay. Once you get it, or once you finish that boot camp, call me, I know some people, you know, and like, that's my way to almost give back to my community or people that are underrepresented and say, I can be your ally, but you've got to tell me that you, this is what you want to do. I can plug you in, but you have to tell me. So I absolutely hear what you're saying. Let me provide a little bit of a counterpoint is that why do the people that are clawing to get into the room have to be the ones that have to claw to keep the door open behind them? They're already doing extra work. And now this is just adding on additional extra work. So yes, you do feel that obligation and I do feel that obligation, right? Yeah. But this goes back to kind of like the things that we have to learn, the, the additional things that we have to do, yeah. right? Because, and this is where like sponsorship becomes such a big deal, right? Um, you know, and we talk about allyship, uh, you know, is that is that how to be a better ally, right? Is use your position of privilege, right? Mm-hmm. Whatever your position of privilege is, Right. But so often, those people that are having to advocate for themselves, that are having to claw, are having to like convince people that there's a problem, that are trying having to like claw their way up, 
right. as well as then hold the door open for, for the people behind them. And the people that are in the positions of power, in the positions of privilege, they're not doing any of that. They're, they're doing only doing their job. Right. Exactly. Yeah. And so those of us that are doing a great yeah. job at our job and also doing this and also doing this and also doing this, right? Because we feel like it's our obligation to do it. Right. We're not getting judged. We're not getting compared against any of these other things. We're just getting compared against our job. So we have to be, you know, we have to to be great at that that little pie slice yep. as well as do all of the other things. So, you know, when I when I talk to people um, you know, in terms of like what I can do and it's like sponsorship, 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 sponsor. What, what are you doing as a person in a position of privilege? And, you know, I'm using my privilege there as well, but again, like we all have portions of it and, and what, what portion, you know, are we, are we having to claw and, you know, how, how do we, it's in the same way that when I think about, um, maternity and parental leave, oh, right. Yeah. That how do we as a society figure out how to balance the burden on companies of the biological system of a a person with a uterus being the one that has the child, right? right? Mm-hmm. Physically, right? Yep. And then, you know, if there's breastfeeding involved, like how they are dealing with that, right. you know, with the the how do we balance out and spread that across the entire society as opposed to that falling to just the woman just the woman right um in the same way like again how do we push the work of advocacy to the people that are already in the positions of privilege that have the extra bandwidth you know what i think they have to want to yeah. Well, I mean, and that's, that's a big problem is that, yeah. is that, you know, when I say push that to them is yeah. that you, ha- we have to, you know, that is the work that's going on so much right now. That's mm-hmm. kind of the inflection point that I feel like we've been in most recently is, is getting <laughs> so ridiculous, convincing everybody that racism exists. Right. No, I mean, it, it's interesting. Um, like, and I'm trying to be very careful with my words. So I don't like give, you know, too much because I don't like, this isn't, this is a job related thing, but you've been in rooms with me where I've said, we need diversity. Like, Mm -hmm. I don't, I don't think so. Like we need diversity. And there are certain things like in my current role, I'm like, I'm looking for certain things to fill certain roles for this go around. And we need to focus on diversity very heavy because they don't even know that these opportunities exist. We, by we, really me, I need to do the work to find people that are in unique positions that have a computer science background, yeah. but might be a Hispanic male that didn't even know how to go about getting an internship or like the little things that I feel like, again, I feel like it's my obligation and whether it is or not, I feel like it is to always say, how can I create the space? Because if I give people the space, they, they usually do well in the space. They just need the door to open and they just need the comfort to walk through it. And I'm going to be there with them every step of the way. Every talk to somebody Every time it's the next thing. And I'm, I'm constantly almost like, 
you've got this. I wouldn't have called you if you didn't have it. You, you know what I mean? And so there's that constant help and compassion. And I just wish that we could teach that to other people to say, I know that you don't know what this feels like, but imagine a world where you are lacking confidence. Imagine a world where you are lacking opportunity. What would you do if you then were giving a chance to help somebody else? Like, what would you do? And I don't, I mean, some people respond to that and some people don't. And, mm-hmm. and, you know, some people I've seen evolve and, and grow in that way. Um, some people are still actively working on it. And some people, it's, it's almost like, did you hear me? Is this thing on? Hey, uh, we're in a meeting. Like, did you hear me? And I don't know, you know, you, all you can do is try. And I think that's why I'm in my position is to continue to try and continue to push. And you know me, I'm going to continue to push and I'm going to continue to rattle the cage. But it's like, but why do I have to continue? Why don't like, just do it. Yeah. I think teaching people empathy is hard. Yeah. Right. Um, And I think that people have difficulty empathizing with a situation that is so far beyond their ken that um, they just, they can't even imagine it. Right. That it's, it's if you were to ask me to imagine being a Martian, like <laughs> I don't know what that is. Right. Right. Yeah. That's I don't, under, I don't understand the, the situation in which a Martian exists. Right. <laughs> like I think, I think that if you ask, um, you know, somebody to think about what it's like to grow up as, I, I don't know, a child of Hollywood, you know, superstars, right? Yeah. That, that, or the royal family, right? Right. The, the British yeah. royal family. Yeah. Like, I cannot nope. comprehend <laughs> of what that childhood is like and right. what that does to one's psyche. Yeah. Right. So I can attempt to empathize, right? And I can attempt to put myself in their situation, but I also need to to, to go, the stuff we were talking about at the very beginning, right? Like I need to be like, you know what? I don't know what that's like. Mm-hmm. Even- and I need to trust you exactly. to tell me, not necessarily even what it was like, but what are the, what are, like I don't help. Yeah, I, I might care what it was like. Sure, that might be interesting to me. But what are the what are the results of it? Where yeah. are you? What do you need based on your experience? Because I am never actually going to understand your experience. I think you just gave the. I think that's. I think that's it. I think if more leaders would say, "I don't know," mm-hmm. it it is it that bad? Okay, it's that bad. Great, let's work to fix it instead of. Is it that bad though? It can't be that bad. And it can't be everybody. Yeah. Right? Not here. Yeah. I wouldn't. And you're like, eh. <laughs> yeah. It's, you. it's right here. It's right now. It's that bad. <laughs> like, you know, so over the past year, it's been a year. It's been a quite a year. Um, <laughs> you know, um, there's been a lot of discussions about obviously social justice and racism. And it's, it's becoming, 
you know, very much at the forefront of discussions. And one of, you know, at some point, some of the people that I was following on Instagram, there was one in particular that she was like, we have all of these new people to our community. And so let me, you know, introduce myself and tell you what we are. And she said, she said, if you are in a place where you want to argue about whether or not racism, racism exists, I'm not your person. I'm not going to enter that argument with you. Right. Yeah. Like that is like, go find somebody else Mm -hmm. and talk to them about that. But we are going to talk about like the, the like a few levels down from that. Right. Everybody in this community like assumes like, and, and believes and like, and, and has like, they have these like base level of things, right? right? Your core values. Your core, your core values, your core understanding of the yep. world. Like you're just like this, this is a thing. This is where we right. are. Right. Okay. So now what do we do about it? Right. But if, but if, but I'm not going to engage with you regarding like whether or not this thing exists. Yeah. Right. And so, and so that for leaders, you're exactly right in terms of leaders needing to be able to make those first couple steps through whatever is neat, right? And get mm-hmm. to that place of understanding right. where where you're just like, okay, I I I don't maybe understand this, I don't know this, but you tell me that it's so, and I am going to trust you. Exactly. That that is the experience of it. And I'm not going to question the experience of it, but I am going to partner with you to figure out where do we go from here? Right. And now what? Yeah. And it's that simple. Oh, okay. Oh, that statement was racist. Got it. What did I say that was racist? Okay. This. Oh, didn't realize it. Sorry. Moving right along. Not. Yeah. yeah, Well, if you use it, well, if you think if you, no, no, that's it's like, that's too much. That's too so, much. So I've, I've occasionally come to you with things that I'm like, Hey, this rubs me the wrong way. What do you feel about it? Right. Is this, you know, am I, is my, is my compass on here? Is it off? Right. Mm-hmm. And honestly, like I struggle with that at times because I'm like, I worry that like, I'm like, Tanisha's my black friend in the office, right? <laughs> Tanisha's, tell me. Tanisha's the one that I go to to talk to about these things, right? And like, I don't like, I don't want to put that emotional work on you. And, you know, I'm curious regarding like how I can, how I can, how give me some feedback. Like, how can I be a better ally? So I think it's, I think it's different. So for me, if we like, we have a relationship, like obviously we work together, but I feel like if you have a question about anything, I don't see it as extra work because I consider you as a friend who's somebody that's just trying to improve. Okay. I think that's friendship. So it's different. Okay. I think somebody random that's just going to continue to bombard me with questions every time a black person gets murdered in the street. That's exhausting mm-hmm. because I'm not even seeing how you're applying it or I'm yeah. not even seeing. You know what I mean? Like, I'm like, why me with you though? I feel like and the questions you ask are always good questions. And I think they come from a place of I'm interpreting this this way. Is that how you would interpret this thing? Or am I just way off base about something? And so I think that again, that's different. Now, if you were like, 
Tanisha, tell me about your experience being black over the past six months. That's a whole different conversation, <laughs> right? Yeah. Or if you were like something, or I mean, the other day you messaged me like, cause I put on the event and you're like, Hey, how was my presentation? Like the, that's fine. I think, and I also am an open book. I don't, I'll talk about race at any time, any, like any way. Um, but everybody's intentions aren't right. And yeah. if you're, if I feel like your intentions aren't right, and some people ask me questions almost to try to combat my thought, like their intention is to hear what I have to say and then try to figure out a way to what they said wasn't that bad. Based, mm -hmm. So it's almost like the, that's the wrong intention that yeah. that's not it. Come to me if you're trying to learn or figure out the right way, or if it's even a thing, not because you want me to give you a way to defend your behavior that I already told you was racist. Like yes. the, 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 you can't there we're at ground zero. We can't defend that. I mean, it's racist. I don't know what else to say. Yeah. <laughs> like, and, and, you know, and I always tell people just because I tell you something you said was racist, I'm not calling you a racist. I'm saying your behavior or what you said was, mm -hmm. and I think, some white people get so triggered when they hear racist. And I'm like, I'm not, I didn't call you a racist. If I thought you're a racist, I mean, come on, I'm going to tell you, I think you're a racist, but the tone of it doesn't sound right. Yeah. You need to fix the tone of how you're using yeah. the word. Somebody, yeah. Somebody the other day said something about the blacks and I was like, okay, so let's not say that. Let's, uh, transition away from using that word. Like we're not going to do that. And I'm not going to explain to you why we're not doing that. Yeah. Um, and that was where I left it because that like, that, no, we're not, we're, no, we're not saying yeah. the blacks. We're just not doing that. <laughs> That's not you know, it's, it's, in, it is interesting because we, I mean, again, growth mindset, like I care a lot about growing and evolving and whatnot. And we all have and and you know, about self talk, obviously, you've talked about that. And, you know, we have thoughts that pop up in our head, and you catch yourself thinking a thing. And then you're like, Oh, no. Yeah. <laughs> no. Yep. Let's let's reframe that. Let's 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 think about where that thought came from. Uh -huh. Right. Um, whether it is you know, uh, uh, something that's instinctual that, you know, you're walking down, you know, uh, a street and you, you have an instinct to right. hold closer to your purse or whatever yeah. it happens to be. And then you go, why did I just do that? Yeah. Let's, 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 let's think through that and realizing that again, it's a growth process, mm -hmm. right? We have been, I have grown up in my experience, right? In the experience that I had is a very specific experience. Everybody's got their own unique experience, right? And so the, 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 the path that I took to get here gave me data, gave me information. And some of that data was wrong. Yeah. That's yeah. You know, and some of it, some of the information, some of the inputs were because I live in a racist, classist, sexist society, mm -hmm. right? That the messages that I got were wrong. So how do I now look at that and look back at that and be like, no, let's figure out where that came from and let's adjust that and grow and, and move forward, right? Well, and, real, and accept the fact that I'm not perfect. And I am on, a, yep. am on a growth path. And right. that is all that I can do is continue to grow. And I would like to grow as 
quickly and as efficiently as possible. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> you know? But, you, but that self-awareness is the difference. Mm-hmm. Like, that self-awareness makes us friends. Yeah. Like, yeah. that is the foundation. For me, I always tell people the entry point into being a friend of mine is, well, besides, like, the basic stuff. Like, you have to be trustworthy, all those things, right? But, like, you have to be self-aware. Yeah. And you have to want to be better than you are today. Yes. And if you aren't, and if you think today you've got it all figured out and you're good, we cannot be friends Mm-mm. because that means you're also not going to stretch me. Yeah. And I need stretching and I need pulling. And I think that we forget that we're not finished today. Yeah. We forget that we're supposed to be growing and continuing the journey and we don't always continue the journey. And I think I said the end of my like white supremacy and patriarchy episode. If anything that I said in that episode triggers you, ask yourself why. Mm-hmm. Why are you feeling triggered? Yep. All I'm doing is talking about white men and white supremacy. Why are you triggered? Yeah. <laughs> and and a lot of people reached out um, and were like, I feel a way after listening to that episode. I yeah. feel something. I don't know what it is, but I'm feeling so. And it was all people. I had white men reach out. I had black people reach out. Um, I had a Hispanic. Um, he wants to be referred to as a Hispanic male reach out because he doesn't like the whole Latinx term, which is fine. Um, but a lot of people were just like, I felt something and I don't know what it was, but I just something in me. And, um, you know, and if, uh, one of my best friends was like, the fact that you felt so comfortable to talk about it made me feel away because I don't even feel comfortable enough to talk about it. Hmm. And I, but we're all at different spaces. Right. And I think that that is okay. And that goes back to the, the beginning is like, be self-aware, know that that's your starting point so that we can figure it out. Cause if we can't figure it out, then what are we doing here? What are we doing? So I don't know, but that's how I feel. (laughs) Do you have any other questions for me that you want to ask? Or I, I'm going to bring up my last question about um, how you have been programmed and what perceptions you have had. I know that um, you have things that you need to do for the rest of the day because you, you've given me some of your time. So I guess I'm <laughs> worth it. Um, but I would love, I don't know if you have any other questions to ask me or if you have given any thought to ways that you've been programmed or perceptions that you might have had. Yeah. I mean, I think that we've talked, uh, you know, we've touched on a number of them already, right? In terms of, um, you know, I, I definitely was programmed at an early age regarding work is work and you do your work and, you know, work being different than, than life. And, you know, you do your work and then once you're done your work, then you go and you have your life. And, you know, and I think that, that there's a, there's an inherent, um, uh, conflict going on, Um, in terms of, I, I, I never talk about work-life balance. I talk about work-life integration because Mm -hmm. for me, it feels like one of the ways that I was programmed when I was younger was that you have your work and you have your life. And the goal is that at the end of your life, that's the, that's the point in time where you should feel balanced, right? (laughs) So you spend 35, 40 years where you just work and that's all that you do is you just work and you 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 work and then you retire and then you have fun. Right. right? And I'm like, mm, 
then can we come up with a balance like on a minute by minute basis as opposed to a, you know, at this point, it's a, I, if I can get to it by the end of each day, that's good. Um, you know, I think that I've been programmed, uh, you know, with my value in terms of capitalism, right? That my value coming from how much money I'm making, yeah. right? Um, I think that I've been been programmed regarding um, shame, right? And, um, you know, the use of shame regarding kind of social situations and how mm-hmm. do we, you know, um, how do we work together? How do we interact with people, right? And And so figuring out how to be comfortable being my fullest version of myself, right. Without, without shame. Right. Um, you know, therapy is a great tool to work through your, the ways in which you have been programmed, right. Because it really does help to really kind of identify a lot of those. So it's an ongoing process. Yep. I'm still, I'm always working through those. I, I really, you know, I want to continue to question all of the ways in which I've been programmed. And I think it's, it, it, it as a, <laughs> as a programmer, um, <laughs> you know, I do think about it. Like we have all been programmed, you know, we have all of these things, right. Mm-hmm. And now, and, and the goal of life is to reprogram in the way in which you want to reprogram, right. Exactly. Yep. That it's not, it's not about getting rid of programs, but it's about reprogramming. Exactly. And you right? we have the power to do that. And we absolutely have the power to do that. And it comes through more data. It comes through <laughs> more efficiency, you know, more efficiency. <laughs> it, it, it comes through getting more data inputs, inputs, getting, getting, per, getting, getting perspectives of different people, getting, you know, talking to, to people that come from, from different backgrounds. You know, my, my friendship with you has been really amazing because we have, we're kind of very much the same person in a lot of ways, right? But we have opinions, both of us, and we are willing to share those opinions. Going back to what you said at the very beginning, like that we are absolutely willing to be like, oh, that's not my experience. This is my experience, Mm -hmm. right? This is how I see that. This is how I see that. And um, I've been talking to people recently about, uh, about, um, conflict and conflict and disagreements, not necessarily being a bad thing, but using an, an improv improvisation tool of yes. And right. Right. Yeah. Of, of, you know, I think as soon as somebody hits you with a no, it shuts down Mm -hmm. the relationship, right. It it puts a divide there. Well, unless you're me and you're stubborn. (laughs) (laughs) I'm like, no, Oh, this is going to (laughs) change. But, but if you can, if you can, if you can be like, okay, Yes, that's your experience. And this is my input. Yeah. Right. Here's some more information. And if you can get that yes anding going on, that's how you can both work to reprogram, you know, your your inherent assumptions. Okay, cool. And then my very last question, and I'm going to answer this question because I don't think I ever have. What is something you would have told your younger self? Like, what is something that you would tell young Lisa at any age and like at any point that you think if you would have heard that or, you know, told yourself that thing, what do you think that would be? To me, it's more a feeling that I want to give to myself. Okay. I don't, I don't know if there's any one thing that would have given me 
the feeling of confidence, the feeling of, um, you know, it's going to be okay. Yeah. Right. Like you're going to, life is not going to be straightforward. <laughs> life is not, is, 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 is not going to be straightforward. Um, but the journey of life is, is, is worth it. Mm, that's a good one. And, and the, um, and don't be in such a hurry. Don't be in such a hurry. Experience the now mm-hmm. because you will, um, and learn from the now and take in the input, right? But if you are always thinking about what life is going to be like when you are quote unquote older, when you, you know, if that is your goal, then you're going to miss out on really good getting to actually experience what life has to offer at this point in time. Right. That is a hundred. Yeah. No, I mean, yeah, a hundred percent. Even, um, I, I got married late. I got married. I think I was 35 when I got married and it was the absolute best decision I have ever made in my life this far. And it's because when I got married at 35, like when I, I remember the day I walked on the aisle, I knew exactly who I was. Yeah. And like, I didn't have any doubt. I, I was, I was just ready and I was ready. All of me, I was ready. And I don't think I would have been that at 25 or 27. Like in, so anyways, but, but I remember being 20 in my twenties and even in my early thirties, and I was like, am I ever going to get married? Is that going to be my path? But the day that it happened, I remember being like, oh my gosh, this yeah. is exactly how it was supposed to happen. And I wouldn't have been ready if it didn't happen this way. Yeah. I wanted to get married when I was 23 and here I am 40 and I've never been married. And I have some regret, not that I didn't get married at 23, but that I didn't actually appreciate being 23 and being single because uh, I was yeah. so like wanting to be married. Right. And I wanting know. to have a different life than I, than I had that I just, I didn't appreciate the, 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 what I had at that point, all of the things that I had and what, you know, the, 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 the surrounding the, the social, like what was available and open to me then mm-hmm. Because those things are not not quite as open to me now. It's different. I tell all of my single friends, stay single until you find the person. Don't and don't settle for the person because it changes. You know, I mean it does. Life changes. Does. You you know, you have somebody else you're living with, somebody, you know, like yeah. everything changes. I mean, yeah. I'm not saying you can't live with your spouse before you get married, but you know what I mean? Like everything yeah. just changes. Yeah. Um, but yeah, and I would I would tell myself, like, no ma'am keep doing whatever you want it. Nope. You're on the right track. You're doing, you're doing exactly what you're supposed to be doing. You're living your life. Like keep doing yeah. that. Don't try to, um, you know, don't try to rush it. I, I agree with every single thing that you said. So good advice. Hopefully somebody listening to this will be like, <laughs> I needed that today. Yeah. Well, is that well, yours or what's, what's yours? Yeah. So I think, um, I think before I was thinking as you were talking before, I think I said, um, that everybody doesn't have your best interest at heart. Um, and I, that is a hundred percent true, but I, I would say just living more in the moment, even in the bad moments, because sometimes I think that I, 
And I don't know if everybody does this, but sometimes I think that when I'm in a bad moment, I try to rush through the bad moment so that it goes away and that I can, I try to forget, like I try to put as much time, distance and things in between the bad moment. And I think that it sucks though, because then when another bad moment comes, then I'm trying to fix it instead of just going through the moment and experiencing that. And I think if I was, if I could tell my younger self something, that's what I would say. I would say, just go through every moment, every moment, good, bad, happy, sad, stay in it and just go through it, all of it. Because I feel like now that I'm older, I'm like, man, I could have benefited from learning how to better have an argument or better deal with this or better to deal with certain things. And I didn't give my, I didn't give myself the chance to develop it younger. So now I'm developing it as I get older. But. Yeah, because if you don't process that in the moment and actually feel it and go through all of that, you develop a scar. And then exactly. you know, 20 years later, you're like, where's that scar from? And then you have to go back and reprocess. <laughs> really? Yeah, I know. So that's what but that's another reason why therapy is fantastic. Yes, is because yeah. and again, like, w- I'll end with that. Like, if you are not in therapy, thinking about therapy, want to experience therapy, like do it 100 yeah. percent. Find somebody that you trust. Find somebody that's going to push you, but make you feel safe and shop and, around and, 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 yeah, and shop around. Absolutely. Find, yeah. find the right therapist. Don't go to one therapist and then be like, therapy isn't for me. Right. Yeah. Like different therapists have different styles, right? Ask people for recommendations, go to a therapist. And then if they're not the right person, they, they do not get offended when, when you were like, yeah. you're not my person, yeah. but do you have a recommendation for somebody that's more like this? Right. The other thing is a really good friend of mine sees a therapist and she just switched her therapist like four months ago. One of the things that she did is she's, she's seeing a therapist that doesn't live close to her mm-hmm. so that she gets in her car and she drives mm. and that time allows her to decompress the drive yeah. there. And say when she's done, she gets to like decompress on the way home because she has a lot of kids. Yeah. And anyway, so if that might be something that might work for other people is like take that time for yourself, not yep. just the time you're with the therapist, but the before and the after yeah. to be able to like talk through and think through whatever it is that yep. you experienced. Yeah. So. Now that my therapist and I are back in person, we just started back in person last week. <laughs> and and so now that I actually have to get out of the house to go do it. Um, I also pair it with like going to the the spa and getting a spa yeah. treatment. So I got a yeah. massage this past week and next week I'm <laughs> getting a pedicure. And so, I mean, it's like, it's taking that time and decompressing yeah. and thinking about the things and that separation and do what works for you. Like there's online options at this point. Um, you know, a lot of, a lot of therapists have learned to be virtual over the past year and a half. Right. So if that's what works for you, great. If you need the separation, great. There's so many different options, right. Yeah. But absolutely. I think that everyone will benefit from therapy. A hundred percent. Well, thanks for coming on and giving Thank you time Thank and you. I appreciate you. I appreciate you. <laughs> All right. Uh, I love a good connection. I love a good conversation <laughs> about anything. So um, that was Lisa, ladies and gentlemen. So she is a true pleasure to talk to. And I honestly just wanted to jump in back here and just further make the point to if you feel like you are struggling in life or you need somebody to talk to or you need somebody that understands you, please, please, please look up seeing a therapist. There is absolutely nothing wrong with going to therapy 
please, if you feel like you need to talk to somebody or you're having issues or you're struggling with anxiety or you can't sleep or you feel depressed or you feel the weight of the world is on your shoulders or you just need an advocate and you don't feel like talking to your friends, please seek out a therapist. There's absolutely nothing wrong with needing help. And there's absolutely nothing wrong with allowing somebody to give you the things that you need so that you can feel supported and that you can feel confident and that you can get on the right track. I also just wanted to say um, on all of my episodes, I try really hard to make sure that I'm not speaking on behalf of all black people or all black women. And so some of the things that I share with Lisa in this episode are things that I do, but I just wanted to be on record as saying by no means or by no way do I think that all black people behave the same or act the same or interact the same. Um, However, these are my experiences and the way that I show up in different spaces and how I navigate through life. So I just wanted to make sure that I made that point at the end of this episode, just to make sure that everybody is on the same page in regards to how I feel and how I think and how I, um, how I do certain things and how certain things show up for me in my life. But, um, thank you so much for listening. As always, your perceptions aren't always reality. Sometimes they're the lens in which you have been programmed.